Um, this is a topic that when Natalie called me and asked me to talk about, which is honestly, the topic is intimacy with God. Um, intimacy with God. You know, some people, that word intimacy is a really uncomfortable word. Um, and then you put God in the conversation and then you're just like, oh, you don't even know really what to do with that. Um, I know I didn't. I mean, I grew up in a denominational background. I grew up in a Baptist church. I mean, we pretty much got saved every week. And we're very sin-focused, very legalistic-focused, right, wrong, good and evil. Most of the time, I judged myself as on the wrong side of that equation. And so I grew up with a ton of separation from God, a ton of guilt, a ton of shame, never feeling like I was really, no matter how hard I worked, no matter how hard I tried, I could just not be a good girl, you know, and... It really wasn't until my 30s that I met the real Jesus. And, you know, when I say I met the real Jesus, I mean, that's a really unusual thing to say, right? Because how can you meet the real Jesus? He, he, people that say those kinds of things, you know, are, you know, you might want to, like, I hear the voice of God, I met the real Jesus, that kind of thing. Like, we say it, either people think you're crazy, right, or... Um, it's just kind of this metaphorical language that we that we use. But when I say that I met the real Jesus, I mean, there was a tangible, it, it was tangible, right? I mean, and I, I'm a person who has experienced a ton of supernatural stuff. Okay, I have, not only have I met the real Jesus, but I've had open visions, okay? I have seen more miracles than I can shake a stick at. I have seen entire deaf homes emptied. I have seen creative miracles. I've seen body parts recreated. I, I taught healing for years at the church that I was on staff with before I was released into my own ministry. And people would just come and listen to me teach, and they wouldn't wear their glasses after we were done. And um, meaning that they would just get healed sitting in the service. I had a guy one time sit in a service he came up after me and said, you know what? I don't believe in women preachers. And I said, I'm so sorry. He said, but while I was sitting there, God healed me. And I said, well, isn't that interesting? I guess Jesus does. <laughs> and, you know, I, I share those things because these things come out of, first and foremost, intimacy with God. You know, when you really read the Bible, the Bible is a, a book about people's experiences with God. I know we have turned it into a lot more than that, and thank God for um, our Bibles, but ultimately, the early church didn't have anything. They didn't have, it. They didn't have that. They had the, the, they had the law, which was being abolished or being fulfilled, but being done away with, but they didn't have uh, scrolls to actually sit down and read and turn into a theological debate. Okay, what they had was they had the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he talked about the role that the Holy Spirit was going to have in their lives. And he compared the Holy Spirit to himself saying, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you another friend. And he even told them it was better if he went away in his physical body because if he didn't go away, then this comforter, this friend, this, this the, the God's spirit would not come to be with them. And, you know, in the church I grew up with, we, we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. Again, we talked about heaven. We talked about hell. We talked about sin. And, um, you know, so, so everything that I've described that I've seen and that I've experienced has been a part of 
the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm really excited for Pastor Joe and Nancy's um, meetings coming up because it, it mean, they're making room for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, you guys, is real. You know, Jesus is real. He's a resurrected man, but he's also beyond, he's the Christ. What is the Christ? The Christ is, it, it says in Colossians 1, is, is the, 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 the substance that holds all things together. He's the preeminent one. He was in the beginning. He was in the creation. He, he was, right, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So Christ isn't Jesus' last name, all right? Christ is this eternal presence of God that always was and is the light that holds, it's the vibration that holds all things together that is love. And so the presence of God is a really, it's a tangible thing. And intimacy with God is accomplished. And what do I mean by intimacy? You know, in John 17, I think it's three, it might be four. And I don't want to take the time to look it up. Just, just bear with me. It says, the definition of eternal life, it says, this is eternal life. He'll bring, he'll, he's got me covered. Um, it said, it's, it's to know. John, I'm sorry, John 17, three or four. He's bringing it up. And now I was going to say it, but now I'm going to want to misquote it when it's up there. So it says, now this is eternal life. This is in the NIV. I like the, uh, the, the NLT says this is eternal life means this, right? And this is the definition of eternal life. We think eternal life is like the afterlife. We think we don't experience a lot of us eternal life until after we die. But the truth is eternal life is the presence of God. Eternal life is the presence of the Holy Spirit that enables us to know God. And here's what Jesus said. It says, and this is the way, oh gosh, it's not, it's not NLT. Sorry, go back to NIV. <laughs> I have so many scripture translations in my head. Um, it says, and this is what it means to have eternal life. Let me just tell you the way I know it. To, it this is eternal life, that they, they would know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ him you have sent. So this knowing God, okay, this knowing God is a Greek word, ganasko. And this Greek word is an experiential knowing. Okay, it's not just like an I know Oprah because I saw her on TV, right? It's not like I know someone because they're famous or I'm acquainted with someone. No, this is an experiential, intimate knowing. In fact, that word ganasco was used in Jewish times during Jesus's um, day. It was, it was thought of as a, um, a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between um, a man and a woman. So the union and the intimacy of the most intimate of relationships, a knowing, a most intimate knowing. And the Holy Spirit, because he lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit knows us more than any other person, than anyone that has ever lived or will ever live. More than we know ourselves, you guys. See, the Holy Spirit says that he knows the thoughts before we think them, the words before we speak them, the number of hairs on our head, our uprising, our downsitting. He knows the number of our days. And so there is nothing hidden from the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a scary concept for those of us that, I don't know, we don't like to look at things about ourselves, actually. 
You know what I'm saying? Like to have the thought that someone is reading my mind all the time is a very frightening thought. You know, I'm so grateful that, you know, no one else can get inside my head. I know everybody, if they're honest, feels the same way, right? But the Holy Spirit knows everything about us. And guess what? Loves us unconditionally. See, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, a comforter, a friend, a BFF, an encourager, an intercessor, a strengthener the most positive person you have ever met in your entire life. Why? Because he only sees us as Christ. The Holy Spirit is not this law. He's not the accuser. Okay? He's not Santa keeping a record of right and wrong, naughty and nice, checking it twice. Okay? I know a lot of us might have been taught that, or we have this voice of guilt in our head all the time, but that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is the voice of accusation that is trying to get you to live under the law again. That's not the voice of God. The voice of God tells you, you know what? You look like Jesus. The voice of God says, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. The voice of God says, you've forgotten who you are. You are royalty. You are righteous, not by works. You're righteous because of the cross. You're perfect. You're holy. You're innocent. Jesus's resurrection is your resurrection too. Jesus's burial was your burial too. Jesus's crucifixion was your crucifixion too. Don't forget you've been crucified with Christ. He reminds us of the truth. He's the spirit of truth. And what is true about you is that you're new. You just don't know it yet or you forgot it or you've got an unrenewed mind that is running the show for a second Or you just got trapped in the physical realm and got led by your spiritual sense. I mean, your physical senses for a moment. And so he's just constantly reminding you of who you are. So he is, he is, he, when he, uh, when he comes, it says, and this is when you can tell it, John 16, 13, I think, you know, Jesus said, how will it be when the spirit of truth has come? He will lead and guide you into all truth. Okay, He will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that's what he's going to share. And guess what? He's going to show you the future. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, I got introduced to the Holy Spirit and, you know, a lot, I could, I have so many stories I could tell. We could literally, we could spend a week just on just amazing stories that I could tell, amazing testimonies that I could tell. But I want to tell one particular story. And this was when I was just really getting exposed to the Holy Spirit. And it was funny because when I, when I met the Holy Spirit um, and I really met Jesus, I had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I'd been in therapy. I'd been on antidepressant, anti-anxiety medicine for years. I mean, I had a really a lot of trouble. I had a lot of trauma a lot of repressed trauma, a lot of things that I didn't even know um, about my childhood. And, um, you know, it's interesting because the Holy Spirit woke me up early one morning. The very first time thing I ever heard the Holy Spirit tell me, he said, you've got more problems than a math book. <laughs> He's awesome. He's hilarious. He's like, like Saturday Night Live skit constantly. It's so fun. And I, he was like, and this is what he said, you've got more problems than a math book. He said, but you can't solve them all at once. And he said, but I'm going to help you. And he showed me this picture of me as a rubber band ball. You guys ever seen those at the office supply store? And I knew I was trapped under all these rubber bands. I knew I was in the middle of that. 
And he said, I know how all these rubber bands, all these lies got wrapped around you. And I know how to remove them one by one. And it was a beautiful picture because it was not, you know what, that little rubber band ball in there doesn't even have hands. It's not getting itself out. Okay, the gospel is not a, a, the good news is not a a self-effort, save yourself, fix yourself, be good program. It's not a do-it-yourself program, right? It's a surrender program. Okay, and so, you know, then the Holy Spirit told me, you're going to go to this this, um, assisted living nursing home. And you're going to go there and you're going to volunteer. I was like, I'm going to do what? You want me to do what? And I ended up going, I passed by it every day on my way to work. And it was amazing that I'd never really noticed it. But I knew exactly what he was talking about. So I go to this nursing home, go to this assisted living center, and I meet this wonderful woman that's coordinating it. And she says, you know what? We do this Bible study on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It was like at 7 or something. And she says, and um, yeah, you can just come. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now I got to get up early. I, did, I was already depressed. I didn't want to go to work anyway. And now I got to get up early. I'm like, holy spirit, dear, were you, are we sure, right? So then I'm going to this, this Bible study on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think I went two times before she said, you know what? I think you should just leave this. <laughs> and I was like looking behind me, like, who is she talking to? And so next thing you know, I've got this Bible study before work. I'm depressed. I'm like, I'm like the last person that should be leading anything. And I, but it was the Holy Spirit. And I would do this, the, the people that would come, I mean, they were on dialysis. They were in wheelchairs. Some of them were terminally ill. And I'm thinking to myself, I, literally, I was speechless. I didn't know what I was thinking, right? I just was like, who am I to be doing anything with these people? But it was also very evident that these people really didn't need a Bible study. They actually needed a miracle. Wow. You know, it's really silly to sit around and read a Bible that's full of miracles with people on dialysis and people in wheelchairs. And I'm just honest and pretty blunt. And Jesus likes that about me. <laughs> you know what? He can use people like that. Yeah. Amen. And Amen. so I just said that. I was like, well, this is stupid. Like, why are we sitting around reading this Bible? This is a supernatural story. And this is going on. Because the truth is, if Jesus was here, this wouldn't be going on. Yeah. If Jesus was actually here, this wouldn't be going on. And so the Holy Spirit said, okay, well, let's go. And he took me to this bookstore, and he took me down this particular bookstore that had a, a whole aisle about healing. And I got a hold of this. This one sounded good to me. It was called How to Heal the Sick. I thought, well, that's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm looking for. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And I got the book. I got the study guide. I got these v- VHS tapes. Okay, this, I'm aging myself a little bit here, right? And I'm, I'm, you know, rewinding the thing to the beginning, watching these things. And I'm learning how to do miracles with the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Like you go to driver's ed and learn to drive a car. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't see a lot of those classes around. You know, it's like, but thank God I got a hold of it. And guess what? I started practicing. I started practicing with the Holy Spirit. I started practicing praying for people and doing the same things that Jesus was doing. And I started seeing results. I started seeing people get healed. Right? Now, how did that happen? 
I mean, here I was. I was not, I, I wasn't in ministry. I, did, I, had, I had like a real job. I was diagnosed with manic depression. I was not religious. I did not know really the Bible that much. The Bible I did know just condemned me. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I was some holy girl. I was a normal human being. In fact, I think I looked a lot like the disciples looked. Like just fishermen, stinky fishermen and tax collectors and like people that were unlikely to be used by God. In fact, were offensive to the people who thought they were being used by God. So, first of all, I just want to say, I wanted to start that because the Holy Spirit and friendship with God is not a religious activity. It is not a, a to-do list that you get up in the morning and you punch in your clock with your prayer time. It is not um, any of these, like, religious things or... Christian things that we are we supposed to do and that we do. Dude, this is an actual person <laughs> that you get to know who doesn't ever abandon you or he, like the, the Holy Spirit is not surprised by you. So when you drop that F bomb, he's not like you need to get to confession. <laughs> Okay? He's not surprised by you. He's not surprised by your unrenewed mind. He's not surprised by your brokenness. He's not surprised by the ways that you're controlled by other people's emotions and and reactions. He's not surprised by your brokenness, and he's not offended by it. The Holy Spirit is not offended with sin. The Holy Spirit is not offended with sin. I just want you to hear that. I know that that, that's shocking in a way because we have been taught that sin separates us from God. But the truth is the cross reconciled us with God. I know it's amazing news, isn't it? That everything that would separate us from God was actually crucified. Like the cross actually worked. (laughs) like it actually was enough like God brutally allowing himself to be submitted to death and beaten and wearing a crown of thorns and like suffering beyond recognition like there was enough suffering for sin like there's no more punishment for sin like it actually is not a part of our relationship with God anymore, like sin consciousness and discussions about all that stuff is not really what God wants to talk about. I mean, I don't know if that sounds joyful to you, but in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And I don't think that's a joyful conversation. I think that's a resurrection of something that's already dead. And so... When the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into the truth, you know what it is? It's this beautiful conversation of you learning how to quit being an orphan and how to quit being a slave 
and how to come on into the royal house and how to go ahead and feast on the treasures of the kingdom. And it is an exciting thing. It's an exciting thing. Now, why am I saying this? Because every single person here has the Holy Spirit. And every single person here, God loves you more than you could ever express or imagine or fathom or even experience. Like this is an infinite love. This is an overwhelming love. This is a completely mess you up, wreck you for life, never be the same kind of love. It is everything. It's perfect. There's no fear in it. There's no, it's just pure bliss and freedom. And it is so good, it's hard to receive. And so the Holy Spirit's job is to convince you. The Holy Spirit's job is to love you unconditionally until you love yourself the way he does. Because when you start loving yourself the way he does, guess what happens? You start to recognize what love actually is. You start to realize how love actually heals. And now you can start to love other people. Because the way that you've been loved, you can actually love. And it starts with being loved. And the Holy Spirit is how. And so I really feel like, you know, the disciples, and I feel very much the same. I mean, I can, I can slug some theology. You know what I mean? I can sling some theology around in here. I mean, I can listen to my podcast, okay? And you'll, you'll know that what I'm saying is true. But at the end of the day, Jesus' disciples were people who had been with Jesus. Like, I, you know, why would they pick me to come and do this to this? It's because that's how I ultimately want to be known. I really don't want to be known as sign and wonders girl. I don't, I mean, those are wonderful things. But really what I want to be known for is someone who knows him. That's what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. He said, my determined purpose, in the Amplified Classic Version, he says this, and I brought it up so I can get the reference on it. He says, my determined purpose is to know him. My determined purpose is to know him. And I've taught on this here about how Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul was just going through, like, shedding all of these identities. The whole chapter 3 is around, like, you know, I was an Israelite of Israelites. I was this of this of this. I mean, he was a good man. You know, I wasn't really a good girl. The Apostle Paul was a good man, and he was shedding his goodness. Well, I was a bad girl, and I was shedding my badness. And you have to shed both. Because there is no righteousness or unrighteousness apart from Christ. Okay, you don't get to be good apart from Jesus. And you don't get to be bad apart from Jesus. Because the independent self is an illusion and a deception. Now, I wanted to spend some time today. I wanted to read this about the Apostle Paul really quick, just so you have the reference. Um, let me stay on t- track here. Sometimes when I sit, isn't it, aren't I much more calm? Um, <laughs> It's wonderful. It's wonderful. If I stand up, I don't know what happens. I go crazy. Just stay seated. Sit, 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 sit. Um, 
Philippians chapter three and the Amplified Classic. Oh, I brought it up on my on my thing already. Okay, let's see if I can find where I am. Okay, yeah. It says this um, in verse, I love this. Oh, wait, is this Ephesians? It's this one, Philippians 3. Okay, verse 10, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. Listen to this, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and so that I may share in his sufferings to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in verse 11, in hope that if possible, I may obtain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while I'm in the body. There's a lot I could say about this. I do want to say that suffering, when he's fellowshipping with his suffering, he's not saying I'm going to suffer. He's saying I'm fellowshipping with his crucifixion. I want to fellowship with his crucifixion to such a degree that I can live a resurrected life now. Okay, so I just want to He's fellowshipping with his resurrection. He's fellowshipping with knowing him, with gnoscoing him, knowing the crucifixion, knowing the resurrection. He is so identifying with Jesus and knowing Jesus. That's why the apostle Paul was able to have the ministry that he was, is because that was his determined purpose. And when you make this to your determined, if you really make knowing the gospel, I know charismatics like to do a lot of other things besides really, you know, major on just the gospel, Meaning really understanding that you're crucified. Really understanding that I no longer exist apart from Christ. Like actually understanding that you can transcend the flesh. And when we, but, but, but I, I say that because the Holy Spirit is the teacher. The Holy Spirit is the how. It's how the apostle Paul could progressively become more acquainted with him, okay? It's how, because guess what? The apostle Paul didn't, didn't have a relationship with the physical Jesus either. He didn't meet him until after Jesus ascended. So the kind of relationship that he had, we are, that we can have. And how do you do this? How do we do this? I wanted to spend just a few minutes saying, like, how do I do this? Well, when I started getting a hold of this, like, okay, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. He's taking me, he's taking me to healing school. I'm seeing these things. I'm hearing his voice. Okay. I read a book. I was on a mission trip and I read this book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And that book messed me up. In fact, it wasn't even my book. I borrowed the book from somebody else that was on the trip. I was reading on the bus, and they like, can I have my book back? And I said, no, you may not. <laughs> no, I'm not giving it back to you. And I remember reading this book. You think I'm kidding. I was not kidding. I did not give the book back. Um, and I was in this hotel, and I remember I was reading this book, reading this book. And I mean, I and it's a story, right? Like Benny Hinn would, went to see Catherine Coleman, and he was standing outside of this theater and shaking in the power of God before he went in to see Catherine Coleman, right? Catherine Coleman was a healing evangelist, and she was a little out there too. And she, in the meeting, was like had these long flow, kind of like my little thing here. Oh, these long flowing things. 
And she said, like, she was, no, and, but she did. She looked at Benny Hinn and she said, you don't know him the way I know him. I've lost everything for him. He's more real to me than anything. Like, I don't know if that's how she sounded, but it was very, yeah. Is it? Is that a good, so, and anyway, you know, Benny Hinn's just like, uh, the power of God shaking while he's in there with Catherine Coleman. And, and she's like freaking him out, right? And he gets home and he's like, he gets on his knees in his room. And you have to know Benny Hinn. I mean, he did not grow up in a Christian family. He was very, very ostracized. Um, his family gave him a ton of grief um, about even, you know, talking about Jesus. And he had a stutter, so he was kind of, I mean, he was just real dorky. I don't know how else to say it. Like, he was just really not, he had a lot of issues in his own life. And he got home, and he got on his knees in his bedroom, and he just said, Holy Spirit, I don't think I know you the way she does. Can I meet you? Can I have a relationship with you? And then he, this whole book is his story about how he would just, like, the Holy Spirit became his best friend. Like, here he was kind of an outcast, all by himself. Nobody really would give him any, you know, he was just really alone. And the Holy Spirit just, like, just became his very, very best friend. And he would take him through the whole Bible, and he would teach him the whole Bible, and he would beg him, please don't go, Benny. If Benny had to go somewhere, please don't go. Just a little longer, Benny. Let's just hang out a little bit longer. And Benny said he would get into the car with his friends after he'd spent so much time with the Holy Spirit. And his friend, like maybe it was some dude they were going to, I don't know, he didn't have a lot of friends. But whoever this was, he got in the car with him. And he said as soon as the guy got in the car, he started to just like, <gasps> like just broke down crying because the presence of God that was on Benny. And anyway, I read this book, right, and I'm in this hotel in India and I'm like, I am just like so hungry. I'm so hungry for more of God. I was just so hungry, so hungry. Reading this, I was jealous. I was so jealous. I was like, oh, I want this so bad. And I remember I ran out of the hotel room like a mad woman. I've done this on many occasions. But in this particular occasion, I'm running out. There's like cows in the street. I mean, it's India. Right? And I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, where's the God of pity? <laughs> like a mad woman. You know, when I read the stories in the Bible, when I read the stories, when I see Catherine Coleman, when I see, I have this great book that we're, we're going on a trip next week with folks that are in our, our, our graduate program. It's a long story, but anyway, I'm taking some folks to, to Arizona next week. And God said, get out the book New Mystics by John Crowder. Right? Because there's more. No matter what we've experienced, there's more. And you guys, he's not looking for specially anointed holy roller people. He's looking for just someone who's available. Are you available to have friendship? Are you available to seek? Are you available? Do you want it? Do you want it? I don't know about you, but I want it. I know you guys do. I know you do. That's why I'm telling you. Because God wants it more than you. I remember Jesus told me one time, he said, Shalice, you wouldn't even have this desire if I didn't give it to you because this is actually my desire for you. 
Hunger for God is his hunger for you. And so I just, just said, hey, Holy Spirit, (laughs) I would like to have this kind of relationship with you. And I already had this relationship with him, but I just wanted more. I wanted more. You know, so how do you do it? It's so simple, but it's, it's profound. You know, I mean, I have been, I have spent decades at this point surrendering my life to God. Just surrendering my life to God. Surrendering my body, surrendering my mouth, surrendering my eyebrows, surrendering my eyeballs and my eardrums and my toenails. You think I'm kidding? I don't. I, I, I just, I get, I surrender. You know, and all those years ago, back in my 30s, that's what it started with. It started with me coming home from a Joyce Meyer meeting where she was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I was a mess, more problems in a math book. And I just took off all my clothes, and I got on the floor, and I said, God, my life's a mess, but it's yours. Take my body. I don't have anything to give you. That's why I was naked. I just thought it was like a symbolic thing. I don't know. It was crazy, right? Manic depressive. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, just give you that, right? You know, and now what I do is I get to help people encounter God. You guys, you have spiritual senses. You have physical senses. You have the tangible presence of God. I remember the very first time I started feeling it, like fire on my ear, fire on my feet. I thought, oh, my goodness, what's happening? And, and Jesus, I thought, you know, is this demonic? What's happening? You know, but the more you surrender, the more you just, I mean, just lay on the floor and just be like, I'm like an amoeba. Just give you me. I just give you me. Right? The more he takes. You know, there's, there's times now when, I mean, I've lost my voice, been unable to speak at all. Why? Because I was learning. You don't talk until I talk. There's been times when I've been able to speak in English right? That you just go so high in the spirit, you can no longer talk English. There's times when I can know I've lost control of my, my, my hands or my, my feet or just my body. Like he literally like possessed by God. And it's not because I'm more anointed. I don't have anything. You know why? Because we have the fullness of the Godhead living inside of us. So I don't have anything in here that is any, that is special. I, if anything, it's just that I surrendered, you know? I mean, and I've been doing radical, I say yes to radical things. Quit my job, okay. Move halfway across the country, okay. Give away my things more than once, okay. Like, we read stories of these people. Like, we read stories of people that have done these amazing, have these amazing lives and do all these amazing exploits, but we, we, we hold on. We hold on to a life that it, the Scripture says unless we lose it, we don't find it. So surrender. And, and, and here's the thing. We don't even know how to really do that. So it's not like, I surrender so good, look at me. <laughs> It's just like, I'm a mess so good. Look at me. Really? Really? I don't function well without God. And I don't, I'm not under the illusion that I can. 
and that there's something wrong with me because I can't. Like, I don't have to be responsible. I don't have to have it figured out. I don't have to have integrity apart from Jesus. I don't have to have good character apart from Jesus. No, I'm a vine, a branch to a vine. God's character flows through me. God's love flows through me. And to the extent that I'm loved, I'll be able to love. To the extent that I'm healed, I'll be a whole person that other people, but that's something that's done to me and something that's done through me. Not something I am in and of myself. I'm loved. I'm very loved. And I've made peace with myself. And to know how badly it was before I did that, I made myself mentally ill. That's how much, how many, how many issues I had with me. How much a division there was internally in myself. Because that's where that crap comes from. It comes from internally being at war. So you do it by surrender the best that you know how. Just like, just like, just like Benny. Holy Spirit, I don't think I know you. Just childlike. And then guess what? You, you trust that you hear God. And you pursue learning. You pursue learning. You pursue the Wednesday meeting. You pursue Pastor Joe's How to Hear the Voice of God class. You work with me. You sign up for a merch. You, you, you pursue relationship and mentorship by people who are doing these things. Writing books. I mean, like Benny Hinn's book helped me develop a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. So you, you surround yourself with people who are operating in something that you know you need. And I'll end it with this story. And I know I'm, I'm really wanting to tell, I wanted to tell this story though, because what happened for me is that also along my journey, I met up, I met someone, I met this woman <laughs> and Holy Spirit told me to go to this place that she ran a weekend a month for a whole year. And this woman, I'd never met anyone like her. She was in her eighties. She looked like she was 40. I think she slept like three hours a night. She had outlived three husbands and I'm pretty sure, like, she was so married to Jesus and so intimate with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Like, I was pretty sure she lived in, like, she had this, ran this, like, retreat center, and she lived there. And she had, like, kind of, like, an inner quarters in there. And I always wanted to, like, peek in and see what was happening in there. Because, but I just was pretty sure that she probably had place settings at her dinner table for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, I just had never met anyone who had that much intimacy. And when I got connected with her, she, she would pray whenever you'd come and stay at her place, and she'd put her in a particular room, depending on which, which you know, she prayed for. And they were all decorated. Like, one was like the Lion of the tribe of Judah and had lions everywhere. And one was like the bridal room. And it was like it threw up veils and stuff. It was all white. And it was a little cheesy, but it was anointed. Like, it was like this prophetic room or something you just had to kind of go with it and but I would have dreams there I would drive and pray in the spirit on the way there and I would have like these encounters with God it was how I actually first met Jesus and I just was like what it's where the first time I felt the presence of God like the tangible presence of God 
And I don't think she had the greatest theology because I remember thinking, ugh, this is a lot of mixture, a lot of old stuff. And I'll tell you, and, he, and the Lord said to me, he said, I did not call you here to agree. And I did not call you here to argue. She has something that you want and you need. And it was an impartation. It was an impartation. The more I was around her, the more experiences with God I had. The more my spiritual senses got activated. Why? Because prophetic anointing, that's what it does. Right? So when you take a class, when you read a book, if you, when you work with someone, honor the gift and the journey that that person has gone through because you will get it. You will catch it. You will catch it if you honor it. You will catch it. You can get things. I mean, I have had so many impartations at this point. I mean, incredible men and women of God that have imparted things into my life. And now I just get to give it away. So I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray an impartation as we wrap up today. But I, I just know that I can feel the hunger in the room. I can feel it. And I, I, I have a very, we aren't doing communion today, but the Lord just immediately was showing me communion. So I, I really feel like, I just feel like for the next seven days, I just feel like go get some communion. Go get, you know, your grape juice, your wine, however you do it. Get your bread, your cracker, however you do it. And just take a few moments each and every day to just totally set your focus on the Lord and just take communion and just acknowledge my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. The blood, the bread, broken for me. I'm yours. And just surrender. And just talk to the Lord like he's having the meal with you, sitting right there. Use your imagination. I believe that the, the eyes of your heart have been opened, like we sang in the song. And just imagine Jesus having, some, having this communion meal with you. And just talk to him. And I'm telling you guys, I know there are going to be some incredible experiences that you have with God in communion this week. There is going to be a shift in your relationship with God because none of this was my idea. It's just the, this is just the Holy Spirit talking right now. He wants to commune with us. He wants to give us revelation. He is the one that's hungry. Hungry for our time. Hungry for our, our, our friendship. Not for our religious service. For our presence, for our attention. And so I just bless every single person today. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are here. And I just release in the name of Jesus anything that I can release, Father, that would be helpful, that would be beneficial, that would be um, needed for any person here, Lord. Anything that I've received, I freely give. And I thank you that you are um, bringing us into a greater awareness of your presence with us. You're opening up our ears to hear you even more clearly, more frequently. You're causing us to laugh more. You're telling us more jokes. You're causing us to laugh at ourselves more. I saw that. I just saw more joy, more joy, more lightheartedness. Yeah, and Lord, more healing, more healing of our hearts, 
more healing of the effects of separation from you, more healing from accusations and, and sin consciousness, Lord. I just release that in Jesus' name. Ooh, yeah, and I just release physical healings, Lord. And as people take communion this week, there's going to be complete shifts, complete shifts, because Jesus, you are an amazing healer. And Holy Spirit, you take what belongs to Jesus and make it manifest and make it tangible. So we're going to just receive it this week. And Holy Spirit, anything else, the desires of our hearts, I feel that. I feel like, I feel those desires in our hearts, Lord. I thank you that we can surrender those to you as well. Thank you that we can just surrender those to you and trust you. Trust that those came from you and that you know how to bring them to pass. And so I bless us with experiences and intimacy with you like never before. Lord, thank you that this is a church that is known for intimacy with you. Thank you that this is a family that is known for true relationship with you and with one another and that we love well. We're loved. We're really loved. We really love ourselves and we really love each other well. We'll let you do whatever you need to do, Lord, to bring that to pass because we want to be authentically a representation of who you are. An unreligious, non-religious, real real, real, real relationship and re reflection of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as He guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.